Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast, actually in person for the first time in 19 to 20 odd months, time's a flat circle, but we're all here. I'm your host Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. I'm wearing jeans. He is wearing the <laughs> jeans, and Josh Brown. I can't explain my lack of crack on no lag anymore, like I need to be present, it's not, <laughs> it's not what I want. Live and correct. We've got a soundboard now, so it's just, if something goes wrong, if Jim Ryan make, you know, makes another mistake with the Sonys, it's just a bit of the... That's what it's going to be, I'm next to the buttons. <laughs> All the buttons. Soundboard technology. Yes. In 21. They're the hottest technology off the presses. Also, we thought we'd do a Q&A style podcast because we're in a bit of a bit of a blip in between games. Although Guardians of the Galaxy is out today and it's genuinely brilliant, but none of us expected that. I only found that out at half <laughs> two in the morning. So it's just, it's a, it's a tough time. Um, but lots of people have sent in various questions, various talking points for us to get to. So we'll get through as many as we can. Um, first question from Jacob Sawyer, who says, 2022 is shaping up to be a big year for gaming. Which games are you looking forward to most and which will be game of the year? Yeah. The only acceptable answer is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Now, I don't think that's even going to make the top five. Wow. What? I just don't have much faith in that game at all. Really? I don't think that's going to be a thing. Well, uh, well, I don't know if that's going to be a thing. I just, I just don't, I don't trust Warner Brothers at all. And I think the the amount of time this thing's taken, the amount of how long it's been in development, I think they will over monetize the living hell out of Listen, it. Listen, I agree. I don't trust Warner also, Brothers. Also, people either, hate Suicide Squad. But the studios within Warner Brothers have always done well, Scott. In spite of their mm. publisher, you think of Mortal Kombat 11, one of your favorite games. You think of some other games that Warner Brothers have made, <laughs> also your favorite games. <laughs> I mean, look, Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War, Shadow of War yeah. was the really bad one. It didn't take them very long. They sort of they are kind of coming out of a downward tick. Uh, maybe maybe Suicide Squad will be solid. I trust in Rocksteady, but it's been a long time. You might get that good with uh, good with friends points, you know, like because <laughs> if you play something, your friends ultimately oh, goes up a few points in your mind because you think it's a really good experience, mm. and you might go back to it and you're like, oh, actually, wait a minute. Well, but anything's fun with a bunch of friends. I want to be the shark person. If I can just... Oh, King Shark. Yeah, just like, after seeing that movie, I was like, yeah, I'm in. I, <laughs> I, before that, I was like, what are you doing? There's probably way more King Shark in the game than there is in that movie. Nom nom. I, nom nom. I wanted so much more King Shark than I got in that movie. I wish there was a whole King I, Shark. I, I want a whole section of just the, the, the lovely starfish that turn out to be <laughs> demons. Starro, I believe they're called. In terms of um, series, what, what sticks out to either of you for 2022? Like, which uh, game do you predict will be game of the year? I don't, I can't predict it, and I'll tell you why. You because we were literally talking this morning before we started recording about how stacked February alone is, and that's a single month where there's like six 
absolute blockbusters coming out. So honestly, I'm not entirely sure. You've got like Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. I imagine that's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to um, Kill the Justice League, and I'm looking forward to Gotham Knights as well. I'm not entirely sure. There's nothing banked to be my game of the year that I'm expecting to be my game of the year at right. the moment like there was maybe this year. Um, so I like that there's so many games next year, and it's all to play for in my <laughs> eyes. Anyway. It's almost definitely going to be Breath of the Wild 2. I think it'll be... But, That'll be a hell of a... What's, what's the well, point? you say that. But, but will it come out next year? That's my big well, question. Well, that and God of War 2, I think, are kind of like the up-in-the-air ones. Because like, yeah. they've sort of gone back and forward. I, I think Breath of the Wild 2 will, because it's not that... I mean, it's, it's an expansion pack for Breath of the Wild. It's not going to be that much different. Like I I, I want to know what you guys think about this, because when it comes to um, God of War 2 in particular, mm. like that feels like the, the shoe-in for next year's Game of the Year awards, right? Considering how good the 2018 version was. But mm-hmm. I worry whether... We're, because we're all expecting that, because we all kind of understand what God of War 2 is going to be in terms of mechanics and the evolution of the story and stuff. Mm-hmm. Will it have enough surprises in there, like the 2018 version did, to kind of make us go, wow. You know? Well, the thing is, like, because it's not Corey Barlog. Like, it's, um, I yes. forget the name of the guy that replaced him, but it's not Barlog. He's, like, taking a step to the side or taking a step back or whatever. So I guess yeah. it'll be a different style story because he was very much based in the original off the relationship he was having with his son as they were both growing up together kind of thing. So there's a, I wonder. There's a big ring-shaped thing that you're both, like, you've both not mentioned yet. Elden Ring. Elden uh, Ring. Oh! Uh, I mean, like, you say that, but these, these, <laughs> these souls people, I mean, like, if I, if you said that, but I, I could, have we got the, the <laughs> that, that's, my, that's my sound for anything to do with Breath of the Wild, you know, walking around and getting rained on for a uh-huh. hundred hours. Do you know what my sound with Breath of the Wild is? Yeah, Yeah. Oink, that's what I say. But then there's also Starfield that if it comes out, what if it's great? I mean, it's got, it's got a Phil Spencer money now, so it, it could, it, it could, <laughs> it could I be there. And I, I know it won't get mentioned again this podcast, but mm. Stalker 2. I am gagging for that one. Part of the reason why I bought an Xbox, I wanted to buy an Xbox when that was announced like, what, two years ago at this yeah. point when it was first mm. uh, properly revealed. Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to future-proof myself with an Xbox console so I could play that, even though I do think it's only a timed exclusive. Uh-huh. Um, Elden Ring, though, that is something I'm very much looking forward to with the rest of the insects. I feel like um, <laughs> the stuff that I've um, kind of read and heard about that, I feel like even though they haven't put too much out gameplay-wise, mm. um, that va- va- video... Um, who does all of the soul stuff. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Yeah, um, Valley Video. Yes. Um, did like a deep dive on what they've heard of the gameplay and it sounds um, awesome and that's kind of got me more hyped than anything they've actually shown. Remember when I said Bloodborne looked like Dark Souls with a dodge and <laughs> maintained that for the last six years? Bloodborne's the best Souls-like or Souls game there's ever been. And also, it's not, is it? we'd be... We'd be shamed to miss. There's a juggernaut returning next year. I'm not going to play it, but Gran Turismo 7. Ah, that's going to oh, be some... So. I mean, like... All these people are loving their Forzas every year. Forza is a lot has overtaken Gran Turismo for a long time now. Not no. one necessarily to write off though, because I mean it is the first numbered, um, you know, of the best selling Sony franchise ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like everyone loves car games; they're good fun. But it's nothing. Forza has been way more solid on track records and other associated racing-based puns. But I like the fact that I think Forza has overtaken Gran Turismo. The thing I was going to say about Border uh, Bloodborne is that I think Elden Ring just looks like just looks like Dark Souls. Just looks I like think. a big. Bigger, bigger map I with a horse. That is mad, and I Dark also horse. think maybe there's not even a problem with that. Maybe that's just horse good souls. in and of itself. I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not there. 
I'm not mm. there for it. I'm there more for George Martin. I want to see what he's done. But then there was that whole thing where he he confirmed that he sort of laid out the world law, like you know these kings died and whatever else, and then he just handed it off to From Software, and he said he hasn't been even a member of that team in about eight years. You know what? Fair enough, because it would never come out if he was uh, still <laughs> really involved with it. So he's still right in the ending. That's why they had to leave him. He's, <laughs> when he gets the law done, I just. I I just can't wait to be told for the next, like, however many years after that game comes out, Breath of the Wild 2, that it's amazing. And yeah. it's exactly like the first one. And then get like, stuck in the tutorial again. I just, I played it for 10 hours and I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> it's a long tutorial, isn't it? 10 hour tutorial? I am. I got the tutorial. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, Benoit did get out of the tutorial. Um, yes, next question from Milton Browse. Given that games now take forever to make and the budgets involved are so big, do you think that gaming has lost a lot of its mystique? I used to love going into independent game stores and discovering unknown gems slash imports. It's something that just can't happen anymore. I disagree. I also disagree, at least in, at least generally, I think the AAA market has definitely lost a lot of mystique. Like, I try to, it's it's kind of funny, man, because we do this job, so on the one hand, I need to know all about these games, but on the other hand, as like a consumer, I don't want to go too far into the trailers and the gameplay deep dives, Mm -hmm. because I feel like then I know everything about it, I know how it plays, I know what the skill trees are going to be, I know what all the maps are going to look like, so I try to do my best to retain a certain element of mystique for the games that I uh, really, really, really want to play. But I feel like, you know, you can still definitely go on the store, go on Game Pass and find some hidden gem. Like, that's what I've been doing all year, whether yep. it's new stuff, whether it's older Mundone. stuff. That I, yeah, that I never got to. Stuff like Mundon, stuff like Visage. Uh, they have been some of the best experiences I've had this year. And their games that just came out of nowhere that I took a punt on because I was in a horror mood or whatever. Mm. So there's definitely games out there. It's just, I think... Because games are so expensive, and like you said, because they take so long to get made, it is often, at least for me, a trickier proposition to take a risk on something that mm. I don't know about to begin with, and therefore I miss a lot of stuff. What do you think, Ben Roy? It's weird because like I, the internet is a thing now, right? And if, <laughs> if, any, if anyone play, there's a, I think there's only really two types of people that play games. There's like say maybe maybe free. There's someone there's a, the casual observer or something like that who watches over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. There's the people that might play the the few like every year games like your Fifas, yeah, Call of Duty and all that. And then I feel like then there's a people that class people. I say class. Just like even we had we work with some Andy Murray was on the mm-hmm. wrestling side, but he still plays games. But then he plays some of the most hardcore stuff, right? Yeah. I feel like you, you discover Dark Souls this year. Yeah, and you just fall into that loop where I remember discovering uh, Spyro Two in like a. Um, uh, an off-brand game, second-hand game shop, and right. just like not even in the town, just off like in a row of houses, mm-hmm. and uh, it just it, like you, you won't get that anymore. But then like, I discovered this year I've not really had any sort of like mysterious discoveries, but like last year, Carrion was mm-hmm. one I just jumped on on Game Pass and well, being the monster and stuff like. that. Because mm-hmm. like someone replied um, immediately to this tweet, I think they were called Jay, just saying like the indie scene is what people are looking for, and like I I think that the the modern indie scene replicates the levels of budgets that you had back in the two thousands for most of the top tier games that we were loving, um you know back in the day, um and if you like that's the thing, just sort of look at general reviews for stuff. Like some of my favorite games across the last like two years have been like Spiritfarer, Alba, a Wildlife Adventure, Carrion was like a great idea. Like that, that the indie scene is where the gems are. Like you know when you get to a certain yeah. level of production and budget, they are advertising stuff outright and you're going to know what you're getting plus there's all the Jason Schreier Bloomberg behind the scenes this is the reality of making a game stuff that we didn't have back in the day 
But final part of that part of that point is that Guardians of the Galaxy just dropped and it's nothing like the marketing what like barely at all. And I'm like loving that game too. I mean, you know, I, I fully agree with what you said what you said there, Scott, about mm. like indies. You know, one of my favorite things to do, or at least it was before the pandemic and stuff, was to <laughs> go into a bookshop or go into a you know a Blu-ray shop. A, a book. Uh, yeah, they do exist, you know. Books Reading. are indeed things. Good. And just kind of like browse, not knowing anything about the stuff that I was looking at, and just kind of picking up based on the cover, based on the premise, and you know, like get like I said, taking a risk on that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do that in the same way with games. Like, I don't walk into a game shop and not know what I'm looking at or not know what I'm looking for. But I do think that is applicable to when you're on something like Game Pass and you're just kind of browsing then, mm. and you might just think, that's a cool cover. That sounds like a good premise. I'm going to download that, give it a go. I feel like that's still alive, but like this person said, it's not as um, prevalent as it, it was. was it was one of the, mm. fir- the first thing I ever said on this podcast when we did the Game Pass episode, like, I discovered things like Void Bastards and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. Just, I, I just heard on the Vine that people were talking about it, so I downloaded it, loved it. Mm-hmm. And things like um, uh, the the Rats game that I'm forgetting, what's it called? <laughs> oh, Plague Tale. Te- yes. Plague Tale, yeah. Just yeah. Like that, that, uh, Plague Tale's a weird one because it looks it's like... double like, A. Yeah, it looks like the... the oh, first, like, it looks like one of the biggest games, but then like, the budget comparisons mm. and all that sort of thing. And it just feels like more of a mid two thousands game. Yeah, I, like I said, I think once you get away from the the AAA top tier stuff, like there, you can replicate some of that like stumbling onto a game feeling. Um, it's definitely prevalent across the indie scene. But I guess obviously make sure that you're not spending a money on stuff that hasn't been reviewed appropriately or doesn't have a whole bunch of uh, associated scores and stuff. Um, next question from Haley from Haddonfield Hotcho. See, I never know when I copy these in whether Hotcho is an emoji or it's the name. <laughs> I think that's the knife at the end of her um, name. I'm going to assume that her name is Haley from Haddonfield Hotcho, but she says Grand Theft Auto versus Saints Row. What franchise overall do you prefer? Gut feeling, Ben Roy. Grand Theft Auto. Fair enough, Josh Brown. I'm so sorry, Haley, because I think Haley likes Saints Row, but it's Grand yeah. Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> I do adore Saints Row as well, but it is Grand Theft Auto I, as as a man. Replaying Saints Row them. has Keith Davids. That, yes. that makes it better. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> Keith David is uh, a god and we should protect him. But mm-hmm. at the same time, Grand Theft Auto, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I've just played, I like Grand Theft Auto 3 so much. I played the OG Grand Theft Auto 3 on, yeah. PS, on the PS4 download before they're remaking it. I put up with those controls. I relearned it. I, I acclimated, they're not that bad. <laughs> I acclimated <laughs> to that game where if you turn around, enemies will just spawn behind you. When the right stick makes it go into first person. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, yeah, I'm going back through the originals at the minute as well. The I will totally say that I prefer Saints Row across the 2010s. Um, GTA 5 did nothing for me, and I adore Saints Row 3 and 4, um, especially 3. Three Saints Row 3, I was going to say a crazy sentence, is better than X GTA, but I can't think of a specific I GTA that's play, better than. Better than GTA 4. I might play G- I never finished GTA 4. I put it down. Just I, actually, I just get sold it because I was like, I don't GTA 4 is not GTA. Uh, yeah, and I now, I now I feel like I'm an older man, and I want to go back and try it again after... It's just all right. going for all these other GTAs. Like, I just do it, man. Yeah, I went back and played the. Uh, what did they put it on PS5? Well, I meant so on PS3. <laughs> <laughs> GTA 4 was a very notable uh, tone shift that didn't work for me. And I th- hated the driving so much that it just. I said, no, no, no good memories of that game. Remember the <laughs> no launch good day? Memories. The getting it was a good time. Right. We, I worked at Argos back then. We got it in early. I and actually we all freaked out. memories either. I was like, why no. is this all boring and not colorful yeah. at Fire C? Why does everything feel bad? Yeah. It's just not even like that fun to improvise stuff. No, f- for that shift, yeah. I feel like if I was this age, I'm like, yeah, give it. Give GTA it. 4 slammed. I was there, I was there like Nico's feet. Go on every step when you walk up the stairs. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when they advertised unreal. the fact that they're the rage engine, that yeah. he could actually walk up stairs. Yeah. The, the cover system in that is hilarious because I was um, looking at some footage for it 
and Nico, when he's around the corner, he'll shoot an RPG with just one hand. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like a hand going around the corner. So, I remember there was like Rockstar GTA, like technical milestones, because San Andreas had chewing tech. I remember ah. there was a, uh, you could see CJ chewing gum in that game, and it was a big old deal. But yeah, overall, GTA. Next question from Jack Asbury. So happy you guys are getting to see each other again after so long. Thank you very much. Too. My question is, yes. when the GTA Remastered Trilogy comes out, which order do you think is best to play them in? Chronological or the original release order? Stra- mm. I mean, or jump into the best one ever, Vice City. But I would just say play three, four, and three mm. Vice City and San Andreas. I, yeah, I would do them in the release order. Otherwise, I think I just think you have to see the improvements over going time. Going back is harder than going forward. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, I, I, I think three is my personal favorite. I get why people say Vice City. It, it definitely oscillates. It's whatever one I'm playing at the time. But what do you think? Vice City is my favorite one. But mm. when it always comes to these remastered collections, I always play them in order. Like Crash yeah. Bandicoot Two is my favorite one, but I'm not going to skip Crash One. I mean, obviously, I think you should do whatever you want to get to first. You know, I don't Crash put Three first one when that came. <laughs> time is so limited that you shouldn't put off the game that you want just to slog through something else. But mm-hmm. if you do have the time and you have the inclination, or if you've never played these before, haven't in a long time I think exactly what you said there mm. you'd appreciate the journey through the games and the advancements that were made more if you played them chronologically and yeah. it's also just interesting to see Rockstar change as a company you know you go from mm. this really almost noirish GTA 3 that's like like rainy and it's like it's like a David Fincher movie from like the early 90s or yeah, yeah. In, at least in parts visually not in the script but no, no definitely not in the script <laughs> yeah. then you go from that kind of like visual style to the, to the bombast of Vice City and then you go back to somewhat of a in my opinion I haven't played it in a long time Maybe this is wrong. A blend between them in um, San Andreas. A little bit. I mean, San Andreas is very like grounded. Like you have the whole CJ return of the hood, and you get yeah. the whole like explore. But the thing is, I think that will blindside a lot of people is the the introduction of RPG mechanics that's in San Andreas. Like the, the fact that you can work out and get big. I didn't like you... that as a kid. I, I was, love that I was, stuff. I, I got bored of that fast. I was like, just give me more Sam Jackson. Did you get? Did you get muscle? Did you make muscly CJ or fat CJ or regular CJ? Uh, muscle. I, well, no, like I made my mum. My mum was a big man. My mum yeah. was but a Back then, it, all it was is bum bashing, just to get like, Yeah, I loved uh, the beginning of San Andreas, because that's the one I played the least. I've only really played really? the intro. The fact that it starts on a bike, I thought that was cool as hell. I remember advertising the bike, and then when you could do a bunny hop, and it felt horrible. Uh, and I, I, was, I, I, I was also like, I don't care about bicycles, man. <laughs> oh, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can ride a bicycle. I was riding the bicycle to my friend's house. I don't care. <laughs> my favorite... One of my most favorite video game experiences was playing GTA Five online with my friends. Mm. We went on a bike ride yep. to the top of Mount, Mount Chiliad, and we got chased by these dudes in cars, and um, who we were trying to gun us down. We were trying to have this nice, wholesome bike ride. It was like unreal. Bikes in games are good. <laughs> Dave Mirror resurrected <laughs> to say yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm very curious how what people think of the new GTA. We've already talked about this quite a bit, but it is such old school GTA, such a different attitude. Uh, and especially when it comes to cinematic stuff and set pieces and stuff. But yeah, play them in order. I almost would say play the first like 15 minutes of each one and see which time period you prefer because they're very distinguishable. Like, I mean, it's I... A- I would like the thing is that if you I, go, I can't do that. If you do Vice City Sanders, then go back. You'll there's so much that you will feel like it's been taken away. You know me, you have to do everything. I couldn't just leave it. Oh, and that's, I'm that's the big a, dipper. I've got enough. I know, such a I like a dip. thing to do. That. I like a dip, and then when the water is lovely, I'll stay there. But I need to dip in a few different pools, and then I'll uh, I'll decide where I'm going <laughs> to stay. I, but if I start Vice City, that's me done for that. Mm, yeah. hours. The one that's because uh, I've played back through them this year, and I'm playing back through them. Well, sorry, no, it was last year. Times a flat circle. I'm going back through them again at the minute. Um, and it's San Andreas that's keeping me the most at the minute, but they're all good. You can't go wrong, um, but probably do them in order. Next question from McAllister NYC. Congrats on being back together. Thank you. Is Metroid Dread Game of the Year material? Also, should the GTA trilogy fix broken missions where you chase trains or fly RC <laughs> helicopters to plant bombs? 
Cheers, lads. Is it Game of the Year material? You're the one who knows. I, I would say so. I think it beats the pants off a certain Returnal. That's outrageous. Whatever that, that even is. That's outrageous. First that. level over and over again I, the game. I can't reach the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, I can't even... <laughs> better I slap your hand on like the just soundboard uh, and just make them all... Look, good quiz. Good. <laughs> that was Adam Wilborn. That was the Adam ghost Wilborn. of Adam Wilborn. Adam Wilborn knows. Coming in. Look, good quiz. No, the thing that you need in response to um, someone saying that Returnal is not all that is entirely... I think you should. Um, I think you should beat the game and then experience it. I would love to do that, but the game is horrible. So I don't. <laughs> I don't know what to like, do. About it, that. It's it's like a souls, but we're shooting. Like it's, it's, it doesn't unlock a shortcut, mate. And there you go. No, we can do a whole other there's, podcast. There's no this, little. There's not, no little lads in a pot going. It does not feel treasure. good to play that is at all. Excellent to play. No, it does not. It's the, it's the premier title on PlayStation Five. If I I can't I can't even. But I uh, I prefer the way Star Lord feels in the new Guardians that of the is. Galaxy. That. Take that any day of the week. Metroid Dread, though, beautiful game. Um, easily the best Metroid. Uh, easily, easily the best Nintendo oh, exclusive in a long time. I owned Metroid Dread for all of five minutes and then returned it because I was like, I'm not going to play this. Don't worry, you could have given that to me before you returned Yeah. You probably were offline that day on Slack. <laughs> <laughs> you were pretty, Is there any other you missed the default entire, state? You were probably editing an article saying, "Can you miss the entire process?" <laughs> of me. Oh, I'm Came back four this. hours later. Yeah. But what did I miss? <laughs> Everything. Um, no, yeah, I do think Metroid Dread. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. 
Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Is Game of the Year material. I think it's a hell of a year. What's your gut feeling say for Game of the Year 2021? Uh, you're not going to like it. You're really not going to like it. I know it. what it is. I'm it's, just, you know. It's definitely Returnal at this point. Madness. Absolutely. Benroy, you came to Returnal a bit later. Are you also gripped by the madness? I'm going to finish Returnal and plan on it next month. And it'll probably be up there. Maybe number two. I just, Resident Evil 8 for me still, because yeah, I think that was an excellent game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what else came out this year? Hitman, Alba, A Wildlife Adventure. Hitman 3, and there was something else that I really enjoyed. I can't remember. Uh, Kane of Bridge of Spirits, uh, no, Immaculate I Game. Didn't, I, I, think, didn't, I didn't play an up-res PS2 game. Oh, you missed out on didn't you? It's one of the best throwbacks like Jack and You missed Dax. out on the later levels of Returnal. I got there. I got to the last level, and then I died. Adam and I was Wake's like, the what am I doing? The medium is up there for me still. Mm. I really enjoyed the medium. Medium's a good show. Hitman was pretty solid as well. It was just more Hitman. But yes, Metroid Dread is definitely Game of the Year material. Whether or not it wins is a whole other thing, but it'll be in people's top fives, I assume, and hope. Um, next question from Nathan Paxton. After recently playing through the entire Bioshock series in order, including the amazing DLC packs and glorious 60 FPS on PS5, no less, what DLCs have you played that live up to or even surpass the full games they are from? Oh my God, I need to play Bioshock again. That has just mm. made me like feel good in my tummy. <laughs> like, that is awesome. Um, DLC packs that surpass the original. I think I it's tell hard. You what, I on. used to have an outrageous take that I, well, I, before I worked here, right. and that was that The Last of Us Left Behind. Oh! Um, <laughs> was almost better than the main game. I used to go back and forward, like the, <laughs> the experiences of all time. We grew up and mature. That was really good. We, yeah, we've, we aged. we've we, learned. Wouldn't say that now. But left it's just, Behind is, is a beautiful piece of DLC. 100%. Like mm-hmm. that, for me, I used to always say, uh, when I used to talk to no one, and just do these for myself to listen to myself on the uh. way to work, didn't it? Never did that. Um, that I used to think <laughs> that the Left Behind DLC packed as much emotional... Material into two hours mm. than The Last of Us Part 1 did into 15 or whatever. I just thought it had such a confident understanding of its characters by then, a confident understanding of um, how to deliver those emotional beats. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it does work as a standalone thing that you could play, you know, obviously it came out after the regular game, but you could play it before to you oh, know, yeah, 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 yeah. almost use it as a prequel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I would lastly, but I wish uh, Lost, for the sake of this question, I wish Lost Legacy stayed as DLC for Uncharted because I prefer that right. to Uncharted 4, if not the entire Uncharted franchise. I think um, Ghost of Tsushima's DLC deserves to be up there, but it's not better than the main game. It just is a really great little story that I feel like most people didn't bother with. Um, and it's, But it's a really good like fundamental extension of Jin. It's all about his father and his relationship to his father, and I think that stuff's really, really good. What comes to mind, Mr. Benroy? I really enjoy the Alan Wake DLC, because mm. when you, by the time you finish Alan The Wake, Cody Rhodes DLC. Yeah. The American Nightmare DLC. No, no, that's a separate pack. There's, there's the Signal and the Writer, which are sort of in, continues because you know it pretty it pretty much it ends the game. It's they they lock oh. the end behind a pay or right, and um, it just takes everything that you've done for like say fifteen hours out of awake, and then it's just throwing it all at you, and it's mm. sort of like it's one of them's more combat focused, but they bring so much into it, which mixes up the worlds and rips it apart. It kind of visually looks like um, the Evil Within 2 at points, okay. where there's this cosmic sort of world, and 
it, it leaves the game off in a better taste than anything else. Kind of like the Control DLC where mm. it's like a nice icing on the top. And I feel like Remedy is... Much as they like to end their games in DLCs, they do do <laughs> DLCs quite well. At least they keep you hooked, so you got to keep going. I, I absolutely shout out the Witcher's DLC. Um, Hearts of Stone has an incredible story, the whole thing about, um, I feel the name of the guy, but he can't die. And he's been doing it for decades. He does. He's cursed because he can't die. And he's experimenting all these macabre ways to try and kill himself. Um, and his head's hanging off, but he's still talking to you and stuff. But um, the uh, Blood and Wine DLC, where it's like the fairy tale kingdom, but like their version of it, that is such a good microcosm of Witcher stuff. Um, that thing is it really like works. 40 hours it's long humongous. as well. It's massive. It's like it's an own game. In it might as well, yeah. even though it is DLC. Obviously. Any other dev would have sold it as a separate uh, yeah. release. Like I mean, a separate game, sorry. But um, Witcher 3's DLC, back with CDPR. Five, the high butter stuff. Um, not many people mm. have already played it, but I, I it was uh, you finally got to play as the Hive Buster characters mm-hmm. and go through, see how they just go through hives and stuff. It is like more intense and enjoyable than you'd expect. Mm. Big, and it's free on Game Pass. Big shouts. Next question from Alex Snyder. What's a game mechanic that you think should be in more games? Mine's flying. That was a, the best part of Anthem. That's what made Gadar of Hell so great. And Jack and Daxter is my favorite game. Is this me? <laughs> So the wings in the third one made it even better. More games need flying and wings. Now I have an immediate answer to this. It's an air dash. Every single game <laughs> is made better with an air dash. Call of Duty, um, which one was it? The Advanced, Advanced Warfare, Warfare had an air dash. That's my favourite one because go. it's got that dash. Yep. I love it. Guardians of the Galaxy, air dash, beautiful. Returnal, yeah. air dash, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. 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 air dash and return, actually. It makes Returnal probably the game of the year. Pity <laughs> the melee does not feel good, but the air dash... Is good. I think, Josh, what's your, um, what mechanic should be in everything? Um, maybe yeah. maybe an RNG loot grind where you never know what you're going to get. Maybe one of them. I know about that. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm stretching this definition a little bit, <laughs> but I used to think that the two most revolutionary mechanics in the entire world was GTA um, 5 introducing uh, selfies on a cell phone. <laughs> and I also thought that Sleeping Dogs 1 allowing you to do karaoke in between missions was Oh, yeah, because I did that first, stuff. Paul. It probably did, but I didn't play that. So, <laughs> and the Sleeping Dogs song, I knew and were familiar with. So karaoke and phones are my answers. (laughs) Speaking of phones and sleeping dogs, the fact that you can whack someone with a phone in sleeping dogs um, reminds me that any more melee-focused game should have environmental interactions. Hardly anyone lets you just thwack people off walls. Every game. I want to. I'm just going to say every game should give me a jump. Yes. Is that your subtle at Zelda? When I can't jump, I feel... I feel stuck in a weird way where, <laughs> like, um, I mean, I know Bloodborne can't jump, but it's probably good for it because it's <laughs> like, sec- like sec- a jump can't save Sekiro. It's only a jump when you got a dodge, mate. It's all right. But I just need to, um, I don't think jump. Mm. Yeah. Having gone through all of Death Stranding again, I think I would like to see more uh, mechanics where you can just do a Wii on the side of the road <laughs> and make little uh, mushrooms. Yeah. I think you should always have um, a little mechanic where you have to look at a tiny child and rock him to sleep and soothe mm. him. Again, yeah, because I did companion. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, not in a, not in a liminal space between life and death, Scott, as no. far as I'm aware. It's and what else is in Death Stranding? All of Death Stranding's mechanics, actually. Just whatever they got. Skeletons yeah. to walk faster? Uh, carry stuff? They were pretty good. Stack but everything? Seriously, though, uh, just before we end this, I actually yes. think the, the kind of weird multiplayer setup that Death Stranding has, where yes. you are building stuff inside a game world and other people add to that like I don't know how they did it algorithmically but Mm. it feels perfect as you go with the amount of stuff that's actually involved and seeing someone else kind of finish off your road or add a ladder exactly where you need it 
Feels great. Being able to give them likes feels great. It's awesome. Because I feel awesome. like Kojima talks about it. Oh, it's the world's first strand game and everything else. But I don't feel like he, at any point in the marketing or subsequently, has sold that feeling mm. where you maybe you start building something and you come back and X number of people have contributed to it and finished it and built a road across the entire country or maybe they've left you some supplies or something. That's the, the essence of that strand genre in theory. Um, and it is a whole different way to interact with everybody. A little bit Soulsian, but like more yeah. resource-based and stuff. And that's why Death Stranding is so brilliant. But it's like, that hardly ever gets talked about because it's always just wacky game with the BTs and the baby <laughs> and Norman Reedus. Um, but thatuff stuff is like an incredible side of it. Um, next question from Lee Cleesby, who says, do you feel the Nintendo Online Switch expansion pass is overpriced or decent value? No, I can't answer because I'm head ill and I bought it this morning. Uh, <laughs> what do either of you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm not upgrading to that. Like, the the one reason I had the um, online pass and I've kept it is mm. to play Mario Maker. And okay. I just got those other games and I would delve into like some of the Metroid stuff and just I just had them as a bonus. Mm. But like, um, nah, man. Because right, I'm just going to say, big Nintendo, get up yourself. Let it's ridiculous. Buy them so. out of cart mm. and leave me alone. Well, the thing is, so they in the UK, it's £35 for a fresh combination Switch Switch Online and the expansion pass. It's £35. It's £21.04 to upgrade mm. that I paid this morning um, from my yearly Switch Online pa- to add the expansion pass on for the N64 games, the Mega Drive games. I genuinely don't think that's too bad for a year's worth to, to play them for a year, but I absolutely get people saying, I wish I could just buy them. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of crazy. There's no reason they're not selling you. So, like, no. They already... they already have escaped the fact that they took away virtual console and like mm. things like that could have been ported forward. And People just, were um, like bringing screenshots of the Wii U back out because the Wii, I mean, obviously you have a Wii U and everything, but yeah. the, the storefront is so filled with everything. Game Boy Advance, like everything that the Switch isn't doing and it was all right there. It's just like certain things like, why, why, why are people still buying two Pokemon games a year? And things like that? Just like this, <laughs> ne- this needs to stop, and no one's calling it out. And no, they should be sold out of cut. I think. Um, I mean, regards to Nintendo, like they have that hold. They're just that valuable, and it sucks. Like it's just that thing where I was like, Ever. what? Am I not going to pay the money to play Mario 64 on my Switch? Like, I've got Mario 64 on my Switch. Not this version. You can use the right analog stick to move the camera, and it's in HD. Don't you wow. worry about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But even then, even then, they skimp out on it because it's not a proper right I'm analog stick camera. Swear. It I moves mean. in chunks like the C buttons did. It's just like, what are, we, what are we doing, lads? But we've got Star Fox Nocarina and everything, and Mario Tennis on the Switch, which was enough to make me plump down the cash. But like I said... I'm ill. You Josh Brown, is this pass overpriced? I have no idea because when it comes to Nintendo, my uh, kind of like understanding of value and money is just out well, basically, the window and so warped. Would you pay £21.04 to play Ocarina of Time on the I Switch? I would, but it's because I'm sick. I've got something <laughs> wrong with this. It's, because I'm, it's only because, right, I've, I've been looking forward to playing Ocarina of Time in particular for so, so long. If that wasn't in there, there'd be not a chance in hell mm. that would be, I'd be playing for you. Star the games. Fox. No, not worth £21. Win back. Just let me, like you both said so very eloquently, let me just buy them individually or nah. something like that. Because, nah. I think over time, well, I hope over time, this turns into a way more worthwhile yearly subscription service because they have such an archive of past titles. And it's still dumb as hell that they don't have the Game Boy Advance stuff on there. Um, like the Zelda the Minish Cap is like one of the best games and it's just not on that system and it should be. Um, so yeah, it pretty much is. It's obviously not the individual person. I don't mind if you split thirty-five pound across 
yeah, like divide by twelve or whatever. It's like I do when I pay for PS Plus and Game Pass and stuff mm. like that. Oh, compared to them, it's ludicrous. I, mean, I already pay. For, I'm not going to pay for another like subpar thing where it's just like doling out old games to me. Mm-hmm. Is it one like um, one big lump sum? Because I would do it if it was just adding on to my uh, regular. No, it is. That's what like I mean. If you pounds a month or something, is that what it is? You should, yeah. So like the upgrade cost is the twenty one pounds thing. Because if you buy it fresh, it's thirty five. But if you yeah, have though, switch, no. But I mean, like, do I have to put the twenty pounds down? Yes, that's that sucks. If it could just, uh, like I said, if I could just add it to my subscription. Oh no, yeah, is. they've they've totally like done a done an, they've done a Nintendo again yeah. because it's like yeah, it's twenty pounds like uh, upgrade fee or it's thirty five or it's forty or whatever it is in the US. Right. Um, but it's an outright annual fee. You can't split it. There's no other option. The only way to make it better is if you do the family one and then you can have up to eight people split that cost amongst eight people. There's another thing with these um, new con- new old controllers that are coming out. Like mm. I almost bought the N64 one. No, but. I just got an N64 two years ago as well. Will it work on the next console? I don't know, and no one's going to know until it comes out. So I don't trust them. In terms of Smash Brothers, you can use everything from beforehand. I'm not playing Smash Brothers anymore. I stopped playing, like... No, no, but, like, as a a company ethos. Like, you can play uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate with a GameCube controller with the adapter. But, I mean, is this specific controller going to work on the next piece of hardware they put out, which is a jump up? Well, I guess it's, like, a Bluetooth connection because the Joy-Cons are Bluetooth. Doesn't mean they have to make it work, though. No, but, I mean, they finally got Bluetooth connections now. The thing is, I wish I could... Can I use my Wii U tablet on my Switch? Almost definitely not. But I mean, who, I there's only, one, so only five of them in existence anyway. <laughs> I think that, um, yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. It's very much Nintendo. I just paid it because I'm ill. Um, but I just, I want those games. I want Star Fox on the train. Where else am I going to get that? Emulation? Point. What's that? <laughs> no idea. Um, next question from Jem Duduku, who says, what was your best lockdown moment in gaming? Ooh. The last 20 odd months, what comes to mind? Because it's only been I, gaming. I, I, know, <laughs> I know what it is, right? Metal Gear Solid 2. The um, Sons of Liberty, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I've said this a lot, and I've wormed it into videos just so I can shout about <laughs> it. But playing that game on um, PlayStation Now, uh-huh. oh, it's so frustrating how if you don't, the save points are so scattered around, and if you put the controller down for like two minutes, it kills the game. So the connection dies. And during cutscenes, you have to hold the controller and move the stick, or it's going to kill the game. That sucks. And then going through all of those god. Damn missions. The VR, I, I under, That's your disease, I under- That's you getting the button. <laughs> I underestimated the power of Kojima. How much, like, people complained how much value wasn't in that game. So he went, all right then, and just put his big piece of meat on the table and add this. <laughs> and um, then you couldn't do it because the, the connection between the game... It, there's no pressure sensitive buttons in there, so it's mm. impossible to do holds up, hold ups with ARs. Oh, yeah. And um, so I... I was it's buying. my best moment of lockdown. <laughs> no, but then when I bought a PS3, not uh-huh. just, I mean, I didn't just buy it for that, honestly, I bought it to play other things. Uh, and then when I bought that, it came on disc, and I finally <laughs> got it, and I shouted some obscene profanities in the air, and I couldn't believe I had done it. Oh, I was so happy. That's good. I'm glad you climbed the mountain eventually. It yeah. sounds like a hell of a, a rocky road. JB? I think it was just getting into Warzone so much. Like, I mm. oh, remember your Warzone addiction. Yeah, man. It was a proper thing. Like, that got me through the thick of lockdowns, you know, just playing that every night with my friends, mm. having some social interaction, you know, having that banked, knowing that I was going to finish work, I was going to jump online, we were going to have at least two hours to talk about life, to talk <laughs> about the boys that we were slapping um, with our assault rifles and stuff. Like, having that as a routine was just so good to, like, ground your experience 
experience as you were going through these endless, endless moments. And it helped that the game itself was like really, really good. Mm. I played that more than any other shooter I think I've ever played by this point. You have like a thousand hours or something in it. Not quite that level. It was a lot, it was quite a lot of hours. It was about six hundred hours, I think. Of hours in there. Um, but yeah, like actually playing that and you know getting it version of the chicken dinner and you're actually coming out <laughs> on top. Um, what does Warzone awesome. call their chicken dinner? It's, um, it is it's just victory. No, it's not victory royale. What is it? I, I think it's just you win, lol. I think it's just you <laughs> But um, no chicken I for you. I just want to jump off your point. Go on. So when I got, I got my hundredth chicken dinner, I also nice. logged, I also hit a thousand hours in PUBG. But I got my hundredth chicken dinner on my thirtieth birthday. I was like, hey, wow, nice. that's that's that, that's that's funny. You fed yourself there on your, yeah. on your birthday. <laughs> um, mine would just be playing uh, and dis- well, discovering every single part of Spirit Spiritfarer. That was the game that I feel like. I mean, I I played it for about two months last year. It was right at the start of lockdown. It was across the April and the May, um, and just that game is such a beautiful mix of like gorgeous artwork. It, Really, really powerful themes of loss and letting someone go after you've taken care of them for as long as you can. Um, and the soundtrack is gorgeous. The management aspects of it, where you just you look after this boat, uh, where you're getting all these different people on, you're sort of journeying um, from place to place, but you're preparing people for like the end, basically. So you're doing all of their uh, final requests and stuff. And that game, when it, it starts to bring everything together, I think that it nails um, all those closing beats. Like it's such a beautiful game. Um, to the point <laughs> where they announced uh, DLC, they were like, "Oh, we've added two characters," and I was like, "I'm I can't do that again." <laughs> like, I I was an absolute mess by the end of that game, and uh, the idea of like going back again and doing it uh, or extending it in that way didn't feel right. But uh, Spiritfarer, hands down, is my like that's gonna be. If I do some sort of post lockdown, what got you through style list. That'll be my number one thing. Spirit getting lost in Spiritfarer, like was just be, was the absolute perfect thing for that time. Honorable mention. Yes. Playing Resident Evil 7 and shouting at you two to turn left and right. <laughs> that was good. Cool. Oh, when we did the really About a year ago when we, um, we were doing uh, the, the headphone thing. thing. Yeah. I wish more people watched that. That was such a fun day. Yeah, if you go on the YouTube channel, I feel what it's called. It's only Resident Evil 7 blindfold stream. And we did a, we were sponsored by uh, Logitech to do a, a, a get through Resident Evil 7 thing, but only one of us could see. So uh, you had to use the blindfold to get through it. Um, a final question, and you guys have to go off gut feelings uh, for this. So a question from Jono, who says, Hi guys, love your work, hope you're doing well. Question is, if you were going for a night out on the town, what video game characters would you have in your entourage? Theirs would be Geralt and Yennefer, post-best ending Witcher 3, Nathan Drake, Dutch from Red Dead Redemption 2, and Bayonetta. Great shouts, yes. all of them. Gut feeling. Jack and Baxter. What? <laughs> what? No one Absolutely not. Good feeling, Lenny from um, Red Dead Redemption Two. You have a, such a good night with Lenny. It's been a long time since the word Lenny has been uttered in, in person in these halls. Um, Lenny might be the only one you need. When we kind of figure out how to make the soundboard work, we need um, Arthur Morgan doing Lenny on it, so we can we just will click the button. We'll figure stuff. It's going to be a 2022 conversation, but we'll figure stuff out as to how to get video game sound effects on this board because it's too too obvious a thing to not have, and we can have a Lenny noise. A what, summonable Lenny noise. What's your mate called in um, GTA Five? Which one? Uh, Trevor's one of the mates. Not when you're playing as Trevor or... I can't remember his name. Franklin? The filthy boy? Michael? When you're playing as Franklin, what's his mate oh, called? God, oh, God, you uh, mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. who's that dude? Oh, uh, yeah, him. He was the best. Big dog, big nuts. He yeah, was him. the best character that year <laughs> in GTA Five. Whatever that man's called, uh, Franklin's friend. I think because uh, th- this man's put together Geralt, Yennefer, Nathan Drake, Dutch, Bayonetta. That's a hell of a combo. You want like a full four to five person entourage. Um, I Lamar. Think- 
Lamar, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lamar plus uh, Lenny would be <laughs> the hell of a thing. Maybe maybe bust Dante out. I think I think old Dante once he gets going. Old right. Dante would be well good. Yeah, old Dante would know all the best songs and the best jukeboxes and the best prices. Old Dante, I'd want to slap though. I think. <laughs> I mean, no, young Dante. Sorry, young Dante. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna be old. Let's Dante. get Di Hardman in there as well. <laughs> oh my god, well, he, he takes the mask out. You know, one never asks him why, but he's always got the mask on. Yeah, Just <laughs> two in the morning, mask on in the club. Um. Anyway, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we're in person. We might not be in person again until 2022, so you've got to make the most of it. Um, but for now, I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Always a pleasure. And Ben Turner. Lenny! 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 And we'll catch you next time. Bye! Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 